I, I honestly believe that if you've worked with kids for any amount of time, you're not going to learn anything shocking. But if anything, it might change your view of the need for gender-specific ministry and maybe shed a little bit different light on it, if that makes sense. Because um, if you have boys and girls in your lives, the things that we'll talk about won't, you know, you'll understand exactly where we're going with that. Um, first of all, just a couple things you need to know about um, the gender-specific mindset. Gender-specific is just a way of thinking outside of your normal large group, having a specific mindset for gender-specific. Um, in the world that we are in today, you hear a lot about genders and um, gender, gender identity and those kind of things. And so we realize how important it is to help, as a church, our girls and boys um, in their gender roles. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. But having a gender-specific mindset. And then number two, creating a gender-specific environment. So those are kind of things that we will go into a little bit. But before we get started, um, this is a, a much smaller group, so I like that than the last time. If you, in just... It doesn't have to be organized, but just in clusters of people can talk about, as you look at the boys you know in your world, what are some attributes you see in them that are different from girls? How do they approach life? How do they learn? So I'm going to give you one to two minutes to just talk with people around you, if you could indulge me, please, and just talk about boys in your world. What are things that you know about boys that are totally different or significantly different than girls? So go ahead. Talking about boys. Okay, so you've talked about boys. I have three of them, so I think I know a good deal about boys. And I'm married to one. And I have told Tom and others that I'm glad that I had brothers because it prepared me for marriage and how different guys can be. Um, now I want you to do the same thing, but for girls. Um, as you look at the girls you know, what are some attributes you see in them that are different than boys? And you may have touched on that a little bit, but focus a little bit more on girls. We're just kind of getting our, our wheels turning. So go ahead, take one to two minutes, talk about the attributes of girls that you know that are different than boys. How do they approach life? life and from your perspective, how do they learn best? So you got one to two minutes. Thank you. 
Okay, you got it? You locked in? I hear some laughing. I'm laughing, especially from fellas. <laughs> to capture the hearts of boys and girls, we must understand their God-given uniqueness. I think we can all absolutely agree on that. Picture this in your head. It's time for a little uh, boy or girl to brush their teeth. So they squeeze the toothpaste on the toothbrush, and you know how sometimes the toothpaste just falls off? It falls into the sink. What's a boy going to do? They're totally going to scoop it up and brush their teeth. What's a girl going to do? Yeah. She's just going to get out new toothpaste and put the new toothpaste on. So just, I mean, that is something I think we can all see as a visual and totally, yep, that's exactly how boys would do and exactly how girls would do. But I want to talk to you a little bit about the five needs for a gender-specific ministry. Um, we're going to go through some stats for just a minute um, about some things that maybe boys, some, and I would say social concerns more than just concerns. But, for example, did you know that the rate of suicide for adolescent boys is three and a half times higher than the rate for girls? I know it's small, and I will apologize. The rate of suicide for boys is three and a half times the rate for girls. For adolescent girls. And why is that? Lots of things. And we're going to talk about some of that. And I think creating gender-specific environments where you talk about things that boys relate to can help with all of this. Okay? And I will say, too, these are not Mandy facts. These are researched um, materials that not even my mind could come up with. Somebody who is great at research came up with these. And this is new, um, new even to me. So you're hearing it right after some of our district directors have heard it. Um, girls are like more likely to, to than boys to experience depression. Almost 35% of high school girls have felt sad or hopeless almost every day for a two-week time period. So for two weeks, girls have felt periods of being sad or hopeless in their life. Um, about 11% of adolescents have a depressive disorder by the age of 18. So there's a lot on here, and I'm going to say this before I continue to go into all these because I don't think we need to necessarily, unless you'd like me to. I'm I don't have the copyright on this. This is from our national office, so it's still kind of in the works. So I, if I can get this available, I'm going to post it on the Ohio Ministry website so you guys can see these closer um, than now. Boys are suffering in school. Their grades are worse than girls, resulting in graduating high school um, and attending college at lower rates than girls. How many of you remember years ago, I was probably in my late 20s, when Barbara Bush was talking a lot about the education of our boys in schools and how we are missing our boys. And this is a lot to do with that. Um, Boys aren't getting, boys and girls, they learn differently. And so the way sometimes our schools have been structured, and I think they're changing, but the, the way that they were structured for so long fit what a girl and how a girl learns more than a boy. Um, men who fail to graduate high school are less likely to have, or yeah, fail to graduate, are less likely to have a job, less likely to get married, and even more likely to get divorced if they do marry. I think all, again, these are things that you probably know or have heard, 
but in this context, you're going to learn more and more and hopefully see the need for a gender-specific ministry. Okay? So number one is the concerns about boys and girls. Number two, boys and girls learn differently. We know this. Um, here's a little acronym. Boys, it's about becoming competent. Boys want to learn and practice something useful or real. Um, we have several guys in here. How many of you like to fail at anything? Not one of you. Boys want to achieve. They want to be successful. They don't want to fail. And so being competent. Number two, or for O, it's order. And by order, we do not mean peace and quiet. Uh, boys do not thrive in a peaceful, quiet environment. Um, instead, order could be more of consistency, knowing that leaders can be counted on if they need protected or if they need critical care. That if a bully shows up, who's going to look after them? Who's going to help them? So or having that environment of order. Um, why is yelling and running? Frequent movements keep boys' brains active. Um, <laughs> yes, <laughs> um, that is so true. I gave the example last time um, in our boys' group that we had. It was uh, first through third grade boys. And during story time, if you've worked at all with boys or primary or just boys, you know you cannot, there's no way you can just read a story. You can, you can make your voice change and do all kinds of crazy all you want. They're not gonna, it's not going to engage them. And uh, we, would, we started doing this thing where even if it felt impromptu, you knew going in this is what you're going to do, where you would say, okay, Billy, you're going to be the Good Samaritan today. You know, this person, you're going to be this. And you're telling them the story as they are acting it out. You can walk their little bodies over there, and those boys are going to lock in, and they're going to engage in a different way. Um, as for stretching beyond, boys want to compete and be challenged to see their potential. Um, this was an interesting thing. Uh, boys have been labeled as lazy when they play video games all day. Part of that is this right here. They want to know what's beyond. They want to go beyond. They want to have a goal to reach for. And sometimes those video games have kind of created that fix for boys. Um, however, boys, just, they just want to be stretched. They want to see something bigger. So create um, environments, even in your circles, where boys can be a hero or see a male be a hero in a setting. Okay? So for girls, we have G, a greater sensory intake. Girls enjoy learning through touch, taste, and sight. Um, I was blessed enough to have a teacher help with our girls' retreats that we would do in the summer, and she went in it, that in mind. She want, we wanted to make sure we had things that the girls could touch, that they could taste, that they could see, that they, all those, those things. So when they go to girls' retreat, even though they don't know that's what's going on, we wanted to make sure that all of their senses were involved. Um, I, I is inductive thinking. Specific examples help girls learn general principles. <clears throat> when leaders challenge girls to think specific examples, it will help them learn the general principles of the associated topic. Likewise, it is important to provide specific examples to illustrate the general topics being taught. Um, R for real life application. Girls like group projects which apply to what they learn. How many of you have worked with girls well enough to know that? They like to have something that applies to real life. Um, 
Care must be taken to create a safe environment for expression for these girls. So L is love and acceptance, feeling welcome and included. Um, that's If you've ever been involved in girls' ministries, one of our things is about making these girls feel loved and accepted, okay? Feeling like they can be safe. Um, S is speaking. Processing verbally helps girls learn. They want to think about it, okay? We were talking a little earlier. You could get a group of 12 girls in a circle, and if you ask them a question and try to get a response from each one of those girls, you'll sit there all day because they all want to talk. Where if you say, hey, let's break them up. Let's put four here, four here, four here. They all get their talk time. They all get their need met, but in just a different way. So you're not taking up as much time, but you're accomplishing a better goal, you know. Um, So number three is separate topics for mentorship, separate topics and mentorship. Girls' topics generally center around value and image of self and interpersonal relationships. Girls are very relational. Um, And again, I know that these are not shocking to you, but these are good reminders and the need for gender specific. Boys' topics generally center around issues of authority and maturing into a godly man. I'm sorry again for the smallness of this chart, but some some examples of topics for girls would be self-worth in Christ, loving future husband, purity, risk-taking, avoiding bossiness and manipulation, expressing and receiving encouragement, body image, loving future children, Becoming a homemaker, which I love that because I think sometimes we think that uh, that's kind of outdated when I think that is so appropriate uh, for our young ladies to know what it's like to have a home and some things that they can do. Um, Developing leadership, knowing how to disagree with someone, managing emotions so they are stronger and less directed by emotions. And then for the boys, I mean, these totally make sense. Social maturity showing respect for authority, learning respect in authority, or earning respect in authority, um, model heroic behaviors, ideas, and stories that demonstrate good man, godly manhood, conflict resolution and communication training, and developing empathy. Okay? Next we have the education benefits or crossover, that crossover into the church. Um, I would maybe even call this uh, classroom management benefits, the benefits of a gender-specific ministry, like what would benefit you in a classroom setting. You would have reduced distractions. Um, I'm going to use this one thing as an example, just a second. This would relate to flirting, um, sexual tension, the result of the, um, the lack of ability to focus or concentrate. We have a girls' camping event, um, Ohio did, called Powet, if you're familiar with that at all, where they camp outside, they get dirty, they cook over the fire, all of those things, and they honestly do not care what they look like. And these are just beautiful girls that when they are there in that environment, they're not worried about impressing anyone. Um, They're there to have fun and to be a part of something new and different in an event where in, if that was a camping experience with boys and girls together, it would be a totally different result. I had a worship leader one time tell me she had never been to a girls all-girls event, and she came up afterward, and she goes, I cannot 
belief how quickly these girls engaged in worship. And honestly, I'm sure she's led worship with these girls in different settings before, but because they didn't have those distractions, they were ready. They were prepared to enter into worship, to hear what God was saying to them in a different way because they didn't have those distractions. Um, It allows for open discussion. Both genders are more open to discussing personal issues in a gender-specific environment. This allows you, you guys as leaders to spot and address potentially damaging issues earlier in life. And so, like, when you said earlier, like, why is it that adolescent boys are struggling? I believe part of that could absolutely be because of some of the, the lacks that they have in their life right now. Um, and so being able to, to nip some of those right now is great. Um, the next is build uh, stronger mentoring relationships. When men and boys and women and girls interact, they have the ability to foster stronger relationships as God intended. In our world of gender confusion, boys must be living examples of godly men whom they respect. In the same manner, girls should be aspiring to model their lives after godly women in their life. You'll see in the next one, Um, number five, a little more into that, actually. Um, The next point there is um, camaraderie is built uh, with boys. To have a connection with another creates positive peer pressure that can assist a classroom environment. So when you are in these gender-specific environments, there is camaraderie that is built. Um, An example of this is when we had a boys' group, we had a young boy who was in first grade who had three older sisters, really sweet boy, church kid, went to Sunday morning, um, went to a normal school, so he had plenty of social interaction. But he had three older sisters, a godly man as his father, but he started coming to our boys' group, and over time, it changed him for the good. Like his dad almost came to us in tears saying, I can't believe what an impact it's made in my son's life. Um, for lack of a better, I'll say it this way so you can understand. It's, it helped him become a better boy. Like he realized it's okay to run and play and be silly and have fun. There's a time for that. And that's where that camaraderie is built when you're around other little boys and have that positive peer pressure and have a godly leader leading all of that. That's something you can't get anywhere else. Um, and then your response time is equalized. That points back to the, the discussion about the little the girls in the circle, <laughs> you have this big circle of 12 girls where you're not going to get through all the things you want to say. But if you break that up, you have your time back and you can focus on the, the things that are important. Okay? Um, another one with that response time equalized. At, how many of you work with kids on a regular basis where you ask them questions and you want them to respond? Because we have all do a pretty good job, no matter what, I think, of trying to engage the kids because we know that's how they learn best. Who raises their hands first, boys or girls? Girls. Girls' Girls response time is much faster. So in a gender-specific environment, boys have a better chance to answer questions that normally may be during kids' church or another time when it's boys and girls together that maybe they've never had an opportunity to answer because it takes them a little bit longer to process things. They're not naturally inclined that way. Girls, they're just quick with their words. They're, they're just going to have the answer where boys, it takes them a little longer. So when they're in that environment of just boys, those, na- those answers can come quicker 
And I think it may even sharpen that over time, okay? Number five is a decrease in role models. Um, girls have less female role models within the church as there are more often male pastors than female pastors. A gender-specific specific environment ensures that girls have the opportunity to see women in leadership roles. Okay? All that makes sense, right? You can see that. And then almost the opposite with boys. Um, boys have less role models at home and in school. Fewer, ma fewer male school teachers and a majority of volunteer teachers in the local church are women. By establishing a gender-specific ministry for boys, it ensured, a pre ensured the presence of a godly male role model who will mentor and disciple boys. Okay? So over time, we've seen that decrease in the, in the role models. Do you all see that in your, the worlds that you're in, how that could be true, where boys don't have the manly role models, girls, same thing? So really quick, these are the five that we just went over. So the social concerns, the learning styles of boys and girls, the separate topics, classroom management benefit, meaning separating boys and girls, it's better classroom management, or diminished role models. I want you for one or two minutes to talk with the people around you and talk about in your setting, what, why would you most want to implement a ministry that is gender specific in your church? Okay? Of these, why, what ones do you think are most important in your world? And this is a personal thing. There's no right or wrong answer. So one to two minutes, go. Okay, um, I, I want to see hands, because I may call on you. Did anyone say number one, the social concerns, that really hit you? Maybe that wasn't your top. What about boys and girls learning differently? Yeah? Why would you think that's important for you? What do you see? Well, just the way they react. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. While they're learning, where the girls, you know, they can sit yep. and, and learn. Absolutely. What about separate topics? Yeah? What would you say about that? Uh, I was just saying that it's important that, you know, certain issues and you, you only talk to boys about, because a boy would not feel comfortable asking questions if he knew girls were on the same room, especially if they dealt with a, you know, something related to their growing up. Absolutely. And even, I wish I would have had this information a long time ago. Um, but one thing I would say before was 
bullying, for example. We've all heard about bullying. We know boys and girls both get bullied. But to talk about a bullying to a girl and talk about bullying to a boy are two totally different things. The way they're bullied, how it affects them when they're bullied, they're two totally different worlds. So that's a perfect example of that one. What about classroom management benefits? Anyone feel like that would be a win or not really the main reason? What about this one? This seems to be the biggest one, I think, with most people. Why would you say the diminished role models? Oh, absolutely. I, I would guess even in our own personal families, if we thought about it, you would see where this could be true, where um, you might know people in your family, let alone your church and your community, that, ha that have that issue. Um, so next I just want to talk about six effective components for gender-specific ministry, six essential things that you need to have an effective gender-specific ministry, okay? Number one would be discipleship and training for your leaders. In order to be effective in gender-specific ministry, church leaders must understand the role of ongoing training for those who serve. I like this next one really um, a whole lot. As a rule of thumb, 90% of the training should be focused on spiritual growth of the leader and the current struggles children face. The remaining 10% center on how the program works and continued development of the program. So that's, I think that's something to consider, kind of might shift your focus sometimes. If you're already doing something for gender specific or, or even in no matter what kind of training you're offering for your kids' leaders, Keeping that kind of rule, and th rule of thumb in mind, I think, is a good thing. Number two would be small groups. A mentor relationship can only be formed in small groups, and mentoring is a necessary outcome of, boy, of ministry for boys and girls. Small groups facilitate unique environments. Boys need a more active environment that can make girls uncomfortable. And girls need a more conversation-driven environment that boys cannot tolerate or it's harder for them to tolerate. Um, again, not honestly, not these huge insights, but to see it and to think about it for a minute, it really, it's good. I know if I, as, as a girl, <laughs> was in an environment where boys are being boys, like, I'm a mom of three boys, and my husband is a big boy. And there are times I'm like, I'm just going to go in the room for a little while. You guys have your hitting each other with pool noodle time. I'll be back a little bit. <laughs> pool noodles don't hurt, okay? So they're safe. We have these really skinny, long pool noodles, and we have some fun fights with those, but they don't hurt. They're very loud. Like, you can make it seem like your kid is going to get clobbered and nothing's happening. <laughs> Number three, current and relevant. Often boys and girls will respond differently to current issues that are taking place. As a result, discipleship, content, imagery, activities, etc. can take on a different form in a combined setting. Postmoderns are image-driven, so branding and um, appealing current graphics are important. Do you guys see that in your world? 
Yes? What's that? I said I see that in our son. Yes. Yes, absolutely. The next one, I think, is it really hits where the church is at, I think, as events, a component of an effective gender-specific ministry. Number four is events. They can serve multiple purposes within a church-based gender-specific ministry. They can create momentum. They can build teams. And they can contribute to church growth. I was literally at lunch just talking to a pastor who, in the fall, launched um, a ministry for boys and a ministry of girls. And basically what he told me is it has exploded. And to the point where he has a full adult lineup now on Wednesday nights because they do something for kids, their parents want to come. And so I thought that was pretty exciting. Number five is numerous stakeholders. What that means is you have a lot of people that put a lot of stake into that one child. And so... The number of key stakeholders in the church increases, so does the ease of which participation and the longevity of effectiveness. Effectiveness, excuse me. It's not enough that a large number of parents be the only people who are passionate about a gender-specific ministry. Church leadership should be the chief champions of the gender-specific ministry approach. Some examples of these leaders would be your lead pastor, their spouse, youth pastor, kids pastor, women and um, men's ministry directors. Um, When parents also see the value of a gender-specific ministry, the support of events and leaders increases. I absolutely saw that firsthand when um, a couple years ago in a church plant we were involved in, we started a boys and girls ministry. And the first year, I'm just going to be honest, because you, you can go in with the mindset you don't have as many workers to start with. But once you can get the parents on board, you can get your skeleton crew. The next year, it blew up. Like, we had parents and leaders coming out of the woodwork because it kind of became contagious, and they wanted to be a part of something new. Um, and then this is where I think is key to any ministry, but... Even when we're talking about this, it doesn't change. Communication between ministry leaders and key stakeholders is critical to ensure long-term success. I know for sure we have some youth leaders in here and kids leaders in here. How awesome is it when you feel like the parents are supporting you, that you can communicate with those parents, have that support, and it's like a two-way street here. We're on the same page. I feel like if there's an issue, I can come talk to that parent. They understand where I'm coming from because we both have that child's best interests at heart. So that's what that's all about, that communication with those other ministries. If you're a girls' ministries or boys' ministries, Royal Rangers, any kind of group like that, if you're a kids' pastor or a youth pastor, your world should be intertwining constantly because you are all touching those same kids on a weekly basis. Okay? So that's what that numerous stakeholders is all about, keeping that communication going. We've got to tear down, for lack of a better word, those silos that we have built where I'm just in charge of this ministry. Well, I'm just in charge of this ministry, and we're okay to do this because we've done it this way all this time. It's, it's not going to work like that. 
Um, the last component is holistic. A strong gender-specific ministry understands that children grow in many ways. Those ways would be spiritually, relationally, intellectually, emotionally, and physically. And then really quick, some characteristics of effective curriculum. If you were looking for something for a gender-specific ministry, no matter what, whatever you do should support the church culture, which would be falling under the vision of your pastor. Okay, that is huge. Next would be strong communication to the stakeholders. So communicating with parents. Building relationships with other leaders in your, in your church. Um, if you're a kid's pastor, build bridges with your youth pastor, with your other ministry leaders. Um, User-friendly. We want something that early on when we talked about the 90% and the 10%, you don't want to take something that is going to take you so much of your time that you're really not enriching your own life doing this. Okay, So user-friendly allows for self-direction, um, vertical and horizontal mentorship, postmodern values, and developed by current practitioners, discipleship experts, and educators. Okay? So then if we want to talk about gender-specific, you could go for girls, focus a little on encouragement, role modeling, communication-oriented, variety of teaching modes and technology for boys, rite of passage experience. I already see that in my boys. Um, focus on movement and space, a sense of humor, competition opportunities, experimental and verbal um, directions, heroic, uh, model heroic behaviors, ideas, and stories, and leaders carry a powerful authority. Okay. And then I'm going to close here with a couple of last thoughts. So you, how many of you have a gender-specific ministry in your church at all? Okay, so a good handful of you. Um, if you do not and you want to kind of move forward, here are some things that you could do, all right? You want to speak to the future. Encourage your leaders to speak to what the boys and girls need as an adult. Um, I know that all of you come from different areas in Ohio. We have very affluent areas in Ohio, and we have very impoverished areas in Ohio, and we have lots and lots of in-between. And so finding out what topics that you as your church and your community need to address and talk about those as a group with your pastor, all that. Um, next would be train your leaders. Help leaders understand that it's okay for boys to be a bit louder and encourage them to find activities that reinforce the lesson that don't require a lot of sit down, listen to me, this is important time. Boys will do better having um, the teaching while they are doing something. So double do it with your boys. Um, girls love to discuss, but they also enjoy role-playing, so providing opportunities for them to actually role-play what you're talking about. This helps their minds process and understand concepts. Okay? Intentional gen gender models. It is critical that men be a living example for the boys of what it's and uh, what boys should become and women be a living example of what girls should become. No curriculum will ever replace the impact of a godly role model that lives through life's successes and failures while keeping the faith. Um, for me, 
One of the things I think people do is they get really nervous, especially in a small group setting, to, um, like, I, you know I'm not saying let your kids know all your dirty laundry. That's not at all I'm saying. But if you can just be yourself and be transparent, that's what these kids need to see. They need to see that if you mess up and you make a mistake, that you talk about it at their level when it's appropriate so that they can see how you deal with it and walk through you during that walk with you during that process. That's what modeling and mentoring is all about. Encourage longevity. Kids have enough people walking out on them in their life. Your leaders should understand their commitment is not to teach a class but to shape the life of a boy or girl. They need to be willing to pastor the children in their group all week long. It's not just during class. And I will add to that one, the longevity thing. I think that can seem overwhelming to someone, especially if they're already involved in something or they're nervous to be involved. Well, I don't have that kind of time to commit. Um, we can come up with a lot of excuses. But I think many times what I've seen is if you give someone, say, hey, give me six months of your time, just six months, that one will begin to happen naturally, okay? If they are a true mentor, that's their goal too. They want to invest in that child. They want to take that child's um, spiritual uh, relationship with God, help them grow to the next level too. Um, number five, appropriate resources. Leading any ministry within a local church can be overwhelming. Churches that utilize a curriculum that is based on the knowledge that you now will save time and energy, allowing your leaders to focus on relationships. So basically what it's saying is pick something that is not so overwhelming that it takes up all your time to prepare. Okay? I will say for anyone, how many of you have been involved in Girls Ministries or Royal Rangers at some point? Um... If you have done that and you feel like it's taking up a lot of your time or too much of your time, evaluate it in a healthy way. And I say this from experience. Take yourself out of that box. Take that material and relate it to your kids where they're at. There's really great material there, and there's probably more out there that I'm not aware of, but that's good material. And just keeping it fresh and Focusing on the main thing that no matter what, when you're talking to this group of boys or, boys or girls, that the most important thing is for them to be engaged and for you to be mentoring and disciple, that they're in the word, that they're learning from your life, and that their lives are changed because of it. Okay?